Hey guys, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and Ramadan Mubarak. Now, before we begin this journey, I have to put out a disclaimer. All of these notes are a summary and reflection of the tafsir of the Quran and Hadith, meaning these are not direct translations, they are not direct tafsir, and they are not exact words used either. So when I say the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, or Allah says, it is a summary of what they said, not what they said word for word. I am not a scholar, and these notes are simply a condensed summary of two to three other tafsirs of the Quran that I used. This is just a way for you to begin the journey into the Quran, otherwise you should make the intention of learning further as we'll only be scratching the surface with the summary. So let's start the second chapter of the Quran. This is a continuation of Surah Baqarah from chapter 1. The story continues and Allah talks about how when Allah changed the direction of the Qibla, people would criticize and question why they changed directions. And Allah told the people to say, to Allah belongs the east and the west. Changing the direction of the Qibla caused a lot of chaos amongst the Jews since the Muslims stopped facing Beit al-Maghdis, which was located in Jerusalem, and turned to the Kaaba. Allah has made us responsible of His message. If people are lost, we should help others understand the message. Allah raised us to save this world, to spread the message to everyone. Allah could have made the Muslims face the Kaaba from day one, but He didn't. He told them to face Beit al-Maghdis and then changed it as a test. The guided hearts had no problem changing their direction. We are going to be tested in our lives, so will we follow the message or are we going to follow our desires? This entire life is a test and we are put in situations by Allah to see if we will follow the Quran and Sunnah or are we going to follow our desires? When a person refuses to follow just because they don't feel like it, out of stubbornness, no amount of proof or scripture will change their mind. A true believer will know that Allah's command is enough to follow and not to question. Allah said, do not worry about the haters, do what I told you. If Allah has given you knowledge, you shouldn't follow the people who do not have knowledge. Don't follow the ways of the ignorant people and their desires and their practices. Don't leave the truth of Islam out of fear. Even if the entire world is doing the opposite and making fun of it, that is the test. No matter what time, no matter what place, face the Kaaba and pray. All first prayers must be made towards the Qibla. Make sure the good deeds that we do are done with pure intention, not for attention. Don't fear what people say about you. Fear Allah instead. Allah will protect you. You should fear Allah, not only when you're in public, but also when you're alone. You should fear Allah because He's always watching you. I mean, imagine the feeling like if your mom was watching you all the time. Allah is always watching. Do not let the fear of people stop you from speaking the truth. The fear of Allah should encourage you to speak the truth. Mention Allah, remember Allah, because when you do, Allah remembers you and speaks of you. Each time you mention Allah, Allah mentions you. When you mention Allah in a gathering, Allah will mention you in a greater gathering. Dhikr and just saying it on your tongue without thinking about it isn't enough. Instead, you should consciously make dhikr. In fact, each time you do make dhikr, these words rise up and they revolve around the throne of Allah like bees. Imagine little bees just flying around mentioning to Allah who's making mention of Him. Do not be ungrateful. Gratefulness, being appreciative, is the cure to arrogance. Allah says to seek help through patience, appreciation, and prayer. When we are in trouble, we become impatient and turn to people. Instead, we should turn to Allah, pray to Allah, and then after that, you can go and tell others. Allah said He will test you with loss of life, with loss of wealth, loss of property. But it's the ones who are patient, hopeful, and grateful, they will be rewarded. Sometimes our situation won't change. Sometimes our problems won't go away. However, with patience, the state of your heart will change and it will bring you comfort to get through those problems. In this world, there will be problem after problem, but we can be at ease if we are patient, hopeful, and grateful, and turn to Allah. If Allah has taken something from you, say Alhamdulillah. Everything belongs to Allah. He gave you something, and now He took it away. 
Hajar, the wife of Prophet Ibrahim, was left in the middle of the desert and she ran out of water while she was with her baby. She could have easily freaked out, but she didn't. She could have been worried that she ran out of water and she was with her baby. But instead, she stayed patient and Allah rewarded her. She began to run between Safa and Marva mountain seven rounds and then Allah blessed her with water. Zamzam water burst from the ground. Hajar knew that Prophet Ibrahim was a close friend of Allah. So if he left her, he must have done it for a reason. And even though she didn't know what that reason was, she still remained patient. And she said, I am pleased with Allah's decision. When you are in hardship, acknowledge the fact that Allah has decided this for you and He has done it to teach you a lesson. So be grateful and try to learn what that lesson is. If you want to worship Allah with conviction, with confidence, look around you. The beautiful world Allah has created for you. You should love Allah the most. You should realize all that Allah has given you and love Him for the blessings that He's given you. Sometimes we let our love for this world and people get in between our relationship with Allah. But on the day of judgment, none of those relationships will help you or save you and you will regret it. Work hard for the creator, not the creation. Some people have a bad habit of following their forefathers, traditions, culture, and society over what the Quran says. Allah says those people will be doomed. Allah also tells us, eat halal. One of the ways shaitan misguides a person is through what they eat. Righteousness isn't just adopting one good deed. We should be looking to do as many good deeds as possible. This means just because you pray five times a day doesn't mean you don't have to do anything else. That just because you wear hijab, your duty is done. No, you should always ask yourself, what more can you do? Allah speaks about Ramadan and how fasting is farz. But for those who are ill or traveling, they must make it up. However, if they are terminally ill and cannot perform fast, they must give a donation and feed the poor. Allah says to try your best to fast. Don't come up with excuses not to fast. Oh, I have work, school, tiredness, etc. Because Allah says, fasting will not bring the same benefit as giving fidya, the donation that you have to do if you can't fast. Allah will give you the strength to complete the fast. You just have to ask. The month of Ramadan is when the Quran was revealed. So it is very important that we focus on the Quran during this month. Fasting makes us appreciative of the food that we eat. Allah says that He is always near. Whenever you call upon Allah, Allah not only hears, but He always responds. So when you call to Allah, obviously you want Him to respond, right? So don't you think Allah wants you to respond too? So we should respond with our obedience. We can only find guidance through our duas. So ask Allah. And Allah says make dua with the conviction, with the belief and guarantee that Allah will answer. Allah also makes it clear not to have any sexual relationships during your fast. Ramadan teaches us to live within the limits of a halal. We only turn to haram things because our desires overpower us. And once we begin to give in to those desires, we are on a downward path. Allah says do not forget the spirit of Ramadan, the spirit of fasting. Some people fast and all they do all day is think about what they're going to eat after iftar. Fasting teaches us to control our desires. And once we break our fast, we shouldn't go crazy with our desires and overeat. Allah says do not fight unless you are attacked and only go to war to stop fitna, such as oppression, corruption, etc. Fighting in the sacred month is not allowed. For all violations, you are allowed to violate in that same way that you were violated. Meaning that whatever wrong someone does to you, you have the right to do the same back, but it is preferred that you forgive them instead. So like if say someone hits you on the arm, you're basically allowed to hit them back on the arm the same way. Allah also says, spend in the way of Allah. Sometimes we only donate when we're in trouble or need a dua answered, but you should also donate for other causes besides yourself. Realize that Allah is the most merciful, but at the same time, Allah has given us instructions to follow. So if we don't follow it, we should expect hardship in our life. Do not only pray for worldly stuff. As Allah says, these people will have no share in Jannah then. Rabbana atina fid dunya. Those who ask Allah for good in this life and the hereafter, Allah will provide. 
Some people will act like they fear Allah and do good deeds in front of other people, but behind, they are bad people and they destroy relationships and cause fitna. These people are corrupt because Allah says, they don't have actual fear of Allah. The world is not all evil, but it is necessary to keep balance and remember the goal is the hereafter. Do not get caught up in the worldly desires. Allah asks us, do you think you'll enter Jannah without being tested? You will be tested just like everyone else before you. Allah says, spend the extra wealth you have on your family. Allah teaches the angels on your shoulder how to record deeds. So if someone thinks about doing a good deed, but they don't end up actually doing it, Allah gives you full credit for that deed. And if someone thinks about doing something good and actually completes it, you get multiplied. And if someone thinks about doing something bad and doesn't do it, Allah gives them credit for that. And if someone thinks about doing something bad and does end up doing something bad, Allah only counts it as one bad deed against him. That's how merciful Allah is. Allah tells us, sometimes you might hate something, but it is good for you. And sometimes you love something and it's bad for you. Only Allah knows best. So accept when Allah tells you that this is good for you and this is bad for you. For example, alcohol in small amounts has actually been known to be good for the heart. But Allah knows the danger of alcohol consumption and how we as humans would not be able to be responsible with it. Which is why from Allah's infinite wisdom, Allah has made drinking and gambling haram. Many times we want something, but when we don't get it, we get upset. But we shouldn't. We should be thankful and realize that Allah will always give us something better. Sometimes we want to do something bad, and sometimes we search on Google for a fatwa that allows us to do it. And sometimes we don't want to do something, and we do the same thing. We look on Google that, you know, that says, it's okay, you don't have to do it. You should remind yourself, Allah knows what you're doing and what intention you're doing it with. So don't get caught up in this gray area. Allah then talks about marriage and how deen is a huge part. Allah says you are not allowed to marry a polytheist, meaning someone who worships multiple gods or idols. Do not compromise your deen for marriage. Even if you love them, it won't work. Allah states, do not deprive your wife of kids if she wants them. When a husband and wife fight and they swear never to talk to each other again or never to have sexual intercourse, it is wrong and they should seek tawbah, repentance. For a divorce, if a husband and wife had sexual intercourse, the woman must wait a period of three menstrual cycles to ensure she is not pregnant. This period of three months is known as idha. If the husband and wife make up within this period, they may choose to get back together. If not, the divorce is complete. We are super concerned about our rights, but we ignore the rights of our partner. Both husband and wife should be concerned about the duties towards each other. The husband only has one degree over the woman, and that degree is of responsibility to take care of the woman. Some people have an issue with this. However, we must realize, if Allah has decided this, then it is for the best. If the man's role in the relationship is to be the provider and the protector, then it would make sense for the husband to have that responsibility to be in charge. But that does not mean the husband neglects his duties and manipulates his wife. Allah also mentions that during a divorce, both should depart on good terms. Do not take gifts back. A divorced woman has the right to remarry. If the woman divorces while she is nursing their baby, during the period of two lunar years, even after the divorce, the man is required to give the ex an allowance, money to take care of the child and herself during that two-year nursing period. The child must not be neglected during the divorce. For the wife whose husband dies, her idha waiting period is four months and 10 days according to the lunar calendar. Allah says, do not make a promise for marriage with anyone before this period of idha has ended for you or that person. Beware of Allah because he knows what's in your heart. For a divorce in which there was no intercourse, or if the man dies, Allah says the woman should be compensated. 
whatever the man can give. And if he has already promised to give her something, he should give at least half of the mehr or whatever that was promised, unless the woman says it's okay and she doesn't want it. Every divorced woman is required some type of compensation, a gift, unless the woman decides not to take it. Allah says to guard the middle prayer, which is usr, because that is usually when people are the most busiest. Allah also says, spend for the sake of Allah. Don't just give charity when you're in trouble or you need something from Allah. Allah says, whatever you give, He will return that in multiple amounts. Do not chase wealth, chase knowledge, ilm. And then wealth will follow you. A person who cannot control what they eat or control their bodily pleasures, they usually can't control their emotions during hard times either. And if they can't handle those hard times, they won't be able to follow Islam when things are difficult. This world is full of hardship. So self-control and patience is key. In order to please Allah, we need three things. We need good intentions, hard work, and dua. These three things will help you accomplish more in life and will please Allah. The greater effort that you put in, the greater the reward. If you are ambitious and want to achieve more, then do these three things. Make good intention, put the effort in it, and make dua that Allah helps you. Okay, so let's summarize what we've learned in chapter 2 so far. We learn about the change of Qibla and the response of the hypocrites and Jews. We learn how every person will be tested, but they should be strong in their faith and follow the Quran and Sunnah. Don't listen to the people who don't have authentic knowledge. Be appreciative of Allah's blessings and don't be jealous. Show love to Allah, ask Allah for help, and make dhikr. It is not enough just to pray and be a good Muslim. Righteous people will always try and improve themselves. We learn about the good and bad deed point system. We learn of Allah's decision to allow a violation to be responded with the same violation. We learn fasting in Ramadan, the objective of fasting, and some of the rules behind it. Allah also gives us the ruling for when Muslims can and cannot fight. We learn to give charity and spend in the way of Allah as much as possible. We learn how we should trust Allah in what He's decided is good for us and bad for us. We learn that drinking and gambling are haram. We learned about the ruling on marriage, divorce, and idha and compensation for widows. We learned about the responsibility given to the husband and wife. And lastly, we learned about the three most important things we need to be successful. Good intention, hard work, and dua. So this is the end of chapter 2 and inshallah Surah Bakr will continue on in chapter 3.